Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Hey, we've been on this series uh, the last three weeks uh, called Believe. Everybody say, I believe. I believe, I believe, and we're talking about really our faith, and that, that is our word for the year, that we, we are believing God for incredible things. We're believing God for a building this year. We're believing God for, for marriages to be restored. We've got all kinds of, we're believing God for growth and increase and all those kind of things. We're believing for you. Come on, we're putting our faith with your faith, and so you are we. So, so we, are, we are digging into this 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 uh, topic of faith and belief. And so last week we talked about three arrows that the enemy shoots at us, right? Do y'all remember what those were? They were fear, doubt, and unbelief, right? We talked a lot about fear. We talked a, a lot about doubt. We didn't talk about a lot about unbelief because we're going to talk about that today. But, but the reason why we're talking about that is because we want you to be able to recognize when those things happen. We want you to recognize whenever you're operating in a spirit of fear, right? Because the tendency will be, well, I'm just being wise, right? A lot of times we do that. And so, yes, you do want to be wise, but also you want to be aware, are you functioning in fear? Are you functioning in doubt? Because if, because if, you, if you can recognize those things and you're able to call them out and you're able to apply your faith. So it's interesting that, the, that all the, the, that these arrows that the enemy shoots at us, the thing that he's attacking is the very thing that we attack it with, yeah. our faith. Right? And we talked about our shield of faith and how we have that. And fear, what it does is it tends to cripple us and to control us and to manipulate us. And we've seen this rampant over our nation for the last two years. We've seen people be controlled. Their livelihood has been destroyed because of fear. And we are overcomers. God has called us to rise above that. Our doubt, we've been, we've been wavering. We've been like, I believe God, and today I do, and tomorrow I might not, and I'm just kind of struggling with and all this kind of stuff. And, and you're sinking, but God's call, calling you to, to rise above the, the storm. He's calling you to rise above the waves and to develop a footing where you, can, where you can walk in the miraculous, that you can walk in the supernatural life. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of this normal life. Not gonna let life live me. Come on. I'm gonna experience a supernatural life. I believe God. I believe God. I have a I have a big imagination. How many of y'all have a big imagination? How many sometimes you're like, man, that would be crazy if, yeah, that's a great faith statement. Because he can do exceedingly abundantly above whatever you ask or imagine. And so imagination is a great place for faith to be born, but many of us, our imagination gets the best of us, and it's where fear is born. So that is the place where you've got to learn, and we're going to talk about the renewed mind and those type of things in coming weeks. And so it's, it's really important that we get a grip and we're able to identify when we're not functioning in what God has for us. Amen? And so the reason why faith is so important is because faith is the currency of the kingdom, Right? Hebrews teaches us without faith, it's impossible to 
please God, right? So faith is the currency of the kingdom. Let's look at a couple of things that Jesus says about faith. Luke 18, verse eight, when the son of man comes, he's talking about in his return, he says this, will he find faith on the earth? Not when the son of man comes back, will they have peace on the earth? Not when the son of man comes back, will everything just be hunky-dory? No, no, no. He's saying, when I, when I return, I'm going away, but when I come back, I'm gonna be looking for something. I'm going to be looking for someone, and those are the people of faith. I'm going to be looking for faith on the earth. Will faith be there? Yes. This is what he's looking for. Yes. He's not going to look for how much money you have in your bank account or how many letters are in front of your name and how good your education is. He's going to be looking for faith on the earth. Will he find it in your home? Will he find it in your life? If he returns today, will he find you as one that is full of faith? You, listen, you can be workful without faith, but you can't be faithful. And we've got a lot of workful people, but he's not looking for workful people. He's looking for faithful people. He says this in, in John eleven forty. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So when you're praying for your marriage, Lord, you said if we believe, we would see the glory of God. When you're praying for sickness, Lord, you said if we believe, we will see the glory of God. So the glory means the weight of God. You will see the tangible reality of God in that situation. If you just believe. If you just believe. So I want to give you a couple of examples because people are like, faith has got a bad, become a bad word. Are you one of those faith healers? Are you one of those faith teachers? Are you one of those faith churches? Yes. We are not a doubt church. We, we follow the Christian faith. <laughs> We're called to be faithful. This is what Jesus is looking for. So are we a faith church? Yes. We are a faith church. We are definitely not a doubt church. So if they accuse us, if they accuse you, oh, that, man, we, it's so funny how people are. We do these declarations and people are like, get all bent out of shape. Oh. So people of faith, we declare God's word because we believe God's words. So let me give you a couple of examples. And, and I want you to look at the, at the trend here. So there's this story in Matthew chapter 9 of this woman who has an issue of blood. She's been bleeding She's got lady issues for like 12 years. She's, she's blown all of her money on doctors. She's on her last leg of life. She's dying. But she heard that Jesus was coming to town. So she decides to go and be around people. She's considered unclean because of the issue she is. She decides being an unclean woman to go where clean people are. And when the, th the, the idea was if unclean people touch clean people, the clean people will become unclean. So it was risky for her to go get out of her house and go into town and get close to Jesus because if she touched the one that was clean, she would make him unclean. But that's not the way it works with Jesus. With Jesus, listen, with Jesus, the unclean touched the clean and the clean makes the unclean clean. 
And so she says, if I can just get close enough to Jesus, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just push through the crowd, I might die pushing through the crowd. I might be, I might be executed from the city. They might kill me because I'm not supposed to be here. This is totally inappropriate for me to be doing this. But if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I believe he'll heal me. So it says this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 22, as she reaches out and she touches the hem of his garment, as Jesus says, I felt the power of God flow out of me. And he looks back, and it's not a woman that's crawling on the ground anymore. It's a woman that's standing in front of him. And she's afraid. What's he going to say to me? Is he going to tell me I should have stayed at home today? He says, no, take heart, daughter. Woo, daughter, mine, precious daughter, your faith has healed you. He doesn't even say, I've healed you. He doesn't say, my robe has healed you. He said, daughter. Your level of faith healed you. Now, where was she placing her faith? In Jesus. But her faith is what got her her breakthrough. And she was healed at that moment. I think a lot of times when we ask the Lord for things, we're not really asking with faith. We're kind of like, Lord, if you would. But we don't have the determination that says, I'll risk it all for my miracle. We see another story with this Roman officer, a centurion, and he has a servant, and his servant's sick, and he tells Jesus, he's like, listen, I'm a man under authority, just like you, you're a man under authority. He's like, I understand how this thing works. If a commanding officer says something, it gets done. And he says, I'm a man under authority. He's like, listen, my servant's not here. But I believe if you just speak the word, he'll be healed. And so when Jesus heard this, Matthew 8, verse 10, he says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him. Now, his followers, this guy isn't a follower. And Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, I haven't found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So this guy that wasn't even a follower of Jesus had more faith than the people that weren't following Jesus. And Jesus says, I've never seen faith like this. And then he says in verse 13, Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. Just as you believed it was, and his servant was healed at that moment. Just by Jesus speaking the word. There's these two blind men. One of them's a guy named Bartimaeus. And they're sitting outside the city gate. And they're following Jesus around. They've got to follow the noise because they can't see. They've heard that Jesus is in town. They probably heard the murmurings. How I many know when you can't see, you learn to hear real good? Some of you aren't seeing very well right now. Things are kind of cloudy. So what can you do? You can learn to listen. You can learn to hear. So they're following Jesus around, and they're yelling, Son of David! I can't see you, but I know you're here. 
mercy on us. And Jesus hears beyond the crowd that's pressing in around him. And Jesus hears something louder than a sound. He hears the hunger in the hearts of these blind men. And everybody's telling them to be quiet. And it says, Scripture tells us, the story tells us that they, 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 they went a little louder. Listen, I don't want to be a church that gets a little quieter. We've had people over the years go, I was just kind of a little bit loud. I'm like, I want it to get a little louder. Let's just get a little louder. Let's get a little bit more rowdy for the Lord. Listen, I, I, I think, I was thinking this during worship. I was like, we should leave this place exhausted because we spent so much energy on the Lord. You, you, ever, you ever work a, work a hard day and you sit down to eat and you're like, man, I'm so hungry. I worked up an appetite. I think during worship, that's the way it should be. We work up an appetite for the word of the Lord. That we're going after God, pressing in so, so hard after not, not what we're comfortable with because work's not always comfortable. We're so energized, pressing into the Lord that we're like, when we sit down for the word, we're like, man, I'm hungry. And I think that will happen. I think in our praise, we, we develop an appetite for the word of the Lord. Now just going today. So it says this, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith. So we, we see a pattern here. We see one person getting out of their discomfort. Another person that understands authority. And then we see some guys crying out a little louder. We, 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 we see expression. See, faith without works is dead. <laughs> Oh, I believe, so I don't have to yell. No, 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 no. Believing yells. Believing cries out. Believing presses beyond the crowd. Believing is dangerous. I, I was telling Pastor Leslie this, that, you know, when we have faith for things, it's dangerous. Because it's risky. Because when we believe for something, we could end up with heartbreak if what we're believing for doesn't happen. That's happened to me a bunch. And so when someone asks you to pray for them, this is what we were talking about. I said, we were talking about, she was talking about praying for someone she didn't even know. She saw a request on Facebook. She said, so I prayed. And she was getting kind of like stirred up. And I said, well, the reason why it affects you is because when you prayed for, you actually prayed. You didn't just say, I'll pray for you. And then, you know, pray in vibes. The vibes don't do anything. The prayer does. And, and you actually prayed. I know her. And we do this together. Sometimes it's a one little moment prayer. We, somebody prays, so we just call it, Lord, we thank you for so-and-so. We pray that you heal their body. We just, then we just carry on with our business. But what I told her, as I said, you know, as we were kind of stirred up, she said, I, I said, that the reason why that, that it affects you is because your heart is attached to your faith. And so when you start praying for that person, you, you have a, you're believing. And so when it doesn't go your way, it rocks you. Come on. Why? Because you, had, you were believing God. You were attaching. It should be that way, beloved. It should be that way. We should, we should attach our faith when we pray. We're not, we're not just saying words. We're going to God. We're trusting God to intervene, to do something when we talk to him. Because this is what he said to do. I don't know how we got there, but this is what he says. According to your Faith, it will be done for you. 
according to your faith. It's interesting. Because what most people do is they say, well, if God wants to heal me, he'll heal me. God wants to move in my marriage, he'll move in my marriage. They just graciously come, sovereignly do something. This isn't the way Jesus operated. This isn't the way the disciples operated. We see them going out in faith. They weren't relying on the Lord. If he would, just kind of go ahead and heal them. Yeah, thank you. No, man, they were like going after it. And this is the thing that we learn from these blind guys is that faith hears before it sees. Listen, if you want to have faith, you've got to learn to open your ears. Faith believes before it sees. And some of you want to see before you believe. And, 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 and sometimes there's grace for that. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. The fourth is this. The, the fourth illustration is this, this woman, Canaanite woman. You might have heard it as a Syrophoenician woman. Her daughter was demonized and suffering. Now, what's interesting about a couple of these stories is it's someone praying for someone else. And I love that. It's not just their need. They're believing God to do something. Now, this woman, because she was a Canaanite, she was, by the Jews, she was considered a dog. She was considered a person that was not qualified because she didn't hold to the Jewish faith. And so she shows up and she worships Jesus. She bows down to Jesus. Come on. And she's there before the Lord and she cries out. And Jesus says this, woman, Matthew 15, 28, you have great faith. A woman that everybody would have said she doesn't have any faith because she doesn't even follow the faith. Jesus says, you're here, you're worshiping, you came to me, you have great faith, your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. I wanna talk about one more. It's a desperate dad. And he's got a, a son that's demonized. I, I know you think you have demonized kids. <laughs> Come on. I can relate to this man. Yeah. Not my kids. Sometimes. Get the boy out of that demon. All right. So the disciples are there. This guy's telling them, that, man, my, my son's crazy. He's, he's, he's nuts. And, and so that they're praying for him. They're like, come on, Lord. We got, we're doing what Jesus said, right? They're doing what we do. What do we pray? They're like, Lord, we're, we're doing it. We're, we're praying. And nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. And so he's frustrated. The disciples are frustrated. They're in an argument on why it's not happening. And then, so Jesus shows up. So... <laughs> So they brought him, and when the spirit, not the good Holy Spirit, the lowercase spirit, saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Listen, when demons are present, you don't have to conjure them. People are like, let's, let's see if you have any demons. You'll know. You don't have to search for them. They do a pretty good job of manifesting when somebody's full of the Holy Spirit. We got all these demon hunters that are like, hey, let's see how many demons you have. It's like, <laughs> I don't think I have any. I mean, nothing's really controlling me. <laughs> I, I, some of, sometimes my convulsing and my, and my frustration is because you think I have demons. So 
Maybe I do. So verse 21. So Jesus asks the boy's father, how long has it been like this? How long has he been crazy? From childhood. His whole life. He's often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. Just try to kill my son, Jesus. But if you can do anything, if you can just make it a little bit better, if you can just make it to a way to where, where he just doesn't try to drown himself or, or burn himself, if you can just make it a way for he's just calmed down enough just so he can just survive. If you can do anything. Lord, can you just do something? Just take pity on us. Desperate father. And help us. Verse 23. If you can. I love his response from Jesus. He's like. If I can. <laughs> you mean if I can. If I can. Of course I can. Everything. Everything is possible for one who believes. Now listen, I know that you think that that scripture was so you could pass, pass that math test. <laughs> or slam that basketball. This is not what Jesus is talking about. It's bigger than your little things. Come on, can we, can we, can we just really get into the scriptures can we stop just having inspirational verses and conform our lives to the scripture and live in the power that they offer? So he says this, everything is possible for one who believes and immediately the father exclaimed, I do believe, I do Lord, that's why I'm here. I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he decided to speed things up. He rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit. It's interesting. The boy is possessed by demons, and he calls it deaf and mute. He's saying he doesn't have the ability to speak. He doesn't have the ability to hear. This is why he's so messed up. Listen, you've got to learn, beloved, to hear what God is saying, and declare the word of the Lord. And the enemy will do everything he can to get you to the place. Jesus calls it out. Because I would have said, I, I rebuke the, the, the murdering spirit. Jesus said, no, it's because he can't hear and he can't speak. Deaf and mute spirit. And he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And this is what happens. Because his ability to hear, which is critical to our faith, his ability to speak, which is critical to our faith, will keep us where we're at. And so, I want to encourage you in this story. I, I relate to this story because I remember in 2012, 10 years ago, when Leslie and I were talking about Overflow Church. We are living in Amarillo. We just had a house built. Leslie's pregnant, and we're just like, what are we going to do? Because we know God's calling us to do this, 
it's going to take a lot of faith. We've got a pretty long history with trusting the Lord. And I remember one day, I'm mowing the lawn. And it was apparent that we were called to plant a church. And I did not want to plant a church. I was like, that's too much work. Can we just go take over some church that's dying and, you know, the people need a pastor and they'll love me and they'll have a nice salary for me and, I mean, all those things. I'm like, Lord, I am not, I don't have faith for that. That's exactly where I was at. So I'm mowing the grass and I tell the Lord this thing. I believe, but help my unbelief. And so couple months later, we decided to move forward. And within a week, everything falls into place. We talked to our pastors, our house sales in 24 hours for more than we paid for. We had a brand new build. It shouldn't work out that way, but it did. I got a job offer. The thing I was mostly concerned about was financial stability and God puts everything in place. We come out here looking for houses. We get three, we get two prophetic words from guys we never met about starting in our home, sharing a meal together, ministering to one another's needs, the same thing that we do every week here with, with groups. We get two words that were the things that we were gonna do, confirming words. One of the staff members at the church we were serving in sends Leslie an email that has a dream. She said, I dreamed that you were in your house and that you were serving food and you were all just enjoying the Lord's presence. And so all this is happening. And so during this house hunting trip, we go back to pack up our house because it's sold. And we were were needing to get all of our stuff out. And I'm mowing the yard the last time. I like mowing the yard. I used to like mowing the yard. Now, Now I like to let Judah mow the yard. And so... I'm mowing the grass, and I'm remembering the moment that I had with the Lord months before that. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for asking you to help my unbelief. I should have known better. And the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, Joshua is at that moment when you started trusting me. Because it was in that moment when I said, Lord, I need your help. And he said, oh, that's what I've been wanting. I've been wanting you to ask me. I've been wanting you to come to me about the thing that you didn't think that you were believing for. Let's talk about a growing faith. How many of you want your faith to grow? I have a lot more faith than I did then. But I still need a lot more. (laughs) Matthew 17. We'll get as far as we can today. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. This is right after this happens. Remember, they were arguing. They were arguing about why this guy wasn't getting healed, what was going on. They're all upset. So they come to Jesus privately, and they said, why couldn't we drive the demon out? And Jesus said, because you have such little faith. (laughs) Now, if someone come and said that to you or to me, I'd rebuke them. I have enough faith, right? We get defensive. (laughs) Don't we do that? What are you talking about? I have faith. Right? Because you have such little faith. Jesus, why aren't you acting like Jesus? 
Then he says this, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move. Go ahead and move, mountain. Nothing will be impossible to you, for you. Speaking to mountains. Faith the size of a mustard seed. We got a picture of a mustard seed. I've got a container with like a million mustard seeds. The only reason why you can see anything in this container is because there's like a million in there. If I asked you to count this, you would spend the next three weeks counting mustard seeds. Faith that is seemingly invisible. Can you see that? I'm trying to make it visible. Yeah, okay. That don't work. Come on, baby. Come on. I just put it in my, just put it in my hand. Come on, you're breaking my rhythm. There you go, baby. You got prettier hands. My wife could be a hand model. That's four. Hey, can you see that? You still can't see it. So listen, Jesus says faith, the size of what some people can't even see from a distance, can move mountains. Seemingly invisible faith can move mountains just a little bit. You can say to the mountain, be removed. Say to it. See, most of us have mustard sized seed problems, and we think we have to have mountain-sized faith to move them. But, but the reality is, is that you just need a, just a little bit of faith placed in the right place. Because most of us have more faith in what the media is telling us. Or even what our well-educated expert doctor tells us. I'm not saying you don't listen to your doctors. But I'm saying that that's faith misplaced. Who are you placing faith in? We need to stop talking about our mountains and start talking to them. We need to stop talking about our problems and start talking to them. That's what faith does. Jesus told us, speak to the mountain, be removed. And we all get faith in seed form. We all get it. You, every person in this room has faith. Your faith might not be great faith, but you have some faith. You have a little bit of faith. You get it in seed form. It's the way we get it. And Jesus talks about it as a mustard seed. The smallest seed that you can find produces the largest seed largest tree in the garden. He tells us this in Matthew chapter 13. So the smallest seed of faith will produce the largest tree in the garden that birds come and perch on it. And it all starts with this seemingly invisible seed. But you've got to grow it. You've got to grow your faith. Don't expect to wake up one day and have faith if you're not doing anything to grow it. If, you, if I gave you this seed and you went home and you set it on a counter, it's not going to grow. If you put it in the ground and you water it, it will begin to grow. 
and then you could make mustard out of it. I don't know why you would do that. Mustard's not really good on anything, but I guess some people find some uses for it. We like mayo here in Texas, so go ahead and get that mustard on out of her. I speak to that mountain. All right. All right. Let's get back. Let me run through this quickly. How do we grow our faith? Number one, you got to identify where your faith is at. Where is your faith? More important than you having great faith is that you being, being able to identify where your faith is at. It's more important than you having great faith because some people think they have great faith until the problems come. See, it's easy to say you have faith when, when nothing bad is happening around you. When you don't have to believe God for anything, it's easy to say you have a lot of faith. So are you living by faith? <laughs> and most of us, we only see what is attainable. We only believe for what is attainable. Something that you don't even have to have faith for. Listen, you don't have to have faith to get a million dollars in the bank. You don't have to have faith for that. You don't have to have faith to be the next whatever athlete. You probably need more than faith. You probably need natural ability because sometimes we believe we're believing God for something that we were never supposed to do. And I, I think that people, people think that God wants to make everybody rock stars and famous. And I don't know where we get this. All right. Help my unbelief. This is what he said. This is what I said. And it, listen, this is the reality. Vulnerable, vulnerable trust is bold faith. So telling the Lord, man, this is just where I'm at today. He's like, I love that. Let me help your unbelief. Because you finally put it in the right place. Check this out. We all have a measure of faith. We all have a seed. Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. That's a good inspirational verse for you. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. You already have a level of faith. Some translations say with the measure of faith that God has given you. What are you doing with the faith you do have? The only, gonna, the only way that you're going to have the faith that you want to have is to use the faith that you currently have. And if you, listen, this is how we build history with God. We've got to start believing God for the little. So how do we grow our faith? First of all, we identify where it's at. Number two, we become a person of the word. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You grow your faith by growing in the word. Listen to me, beloved. Do not think that your faith will grow if you are not reading your Bible. It won't. Your faith in you will grow. Your faith in your circumstances will grow. Your faith in God will not. 
Become a person of the word. If you want to become a person of faith, you've got to be a person of the word. You're not going to be a person of faith without being a person of the word. God is calling you to be a person of the word. See, our faith grows by listening to, meditating upon, living in line with, and boldly declaring the word of God. That is how we grow our faith. We grow our faith by growing in the word. It grows, we grow it by listening to, meditating upon, living in line with, and boldly declaring the word of God. So don't tell me that you want to have more faith if you can't even open your Bible more than two times a month. Or the only time that you ever open the scriptures is in church. You don't want your faith to grow. If you want your faith to grow, get in the word. Get into the word until the word gets into you. Get into the word and you will become a person of faith. It's your daily bread. Don't just read it. Feast upon it. Get your little devotion or whatever, but don't go through the motions. Get into it. Declare it. Declare the word of the Lord. And listen, get around people. We spend more time on Netflix than we do on the word, and we wonder why we don't have faith. Listen, some of y'all are so devoted to the next series that comes out, you'll binge it all night, but you won't read your Bible for 30 minutes a day. You'll let the world program you with all the filth and all the garbage it's bringing, and you wonder why you're so shaky when something difficult happens. Well, it's because you're not rooted in the Word of God. You're so full of the world. That's all you got. Listen, Jesus is returning to look on the earth, not to see people that are full of the Word and cool and hip. He's going, will I find faith? Will I find faith on the earth? Well, I just need to... Chill out. Yes, me too. But I also need to eat. And that's my priority. I don't have time for the word. Yet you just binged Mandalorian last night, the whole thing. And I would love to do it with you. It's awesome. This is the way. That was Nathan. Listen, get around other people that are full of faith. Listen, people that are doubters, sometimes you need to be the faith for them, but you need to have some people in your life that will speak the word of God to you, that will be firm to you, people you will ask advice from and follow that advice. Listen, stop being so independent. We need one another. So my dad has this thing. It's, it's funny, but, it, but it, it's reasonable. It makes sense. He's, he's like, I don't put stuff on Facebook for people to pray for me. And I say, I'm like, why not, Dad? Don't you just want a whole army of God? He's like, I don't want people that don't have faith praying for me. I'm like, man, that's good. You know why? Because their prayers don't matter. Their little happy thoughts and their prayers. Listen, faithless prayers don't matter. They just don't. The only kind of faithless prayers are, are vulnerable faith. is coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to believe more. And then he goes, okay, let's work on that. I'll help you. Because that's what he does. Please pray for your pastor, please. But when you pray, pray, for, pray with faith. Declare the word of the Lord. Lord, I pray that you give him wisdom, spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, I pray that you give him a heart that's tender. I pray that he's able, he's able to sustain and grow. Give him vision. Declare. Declare those things. You know, that's how I pray for you. I don't pray, Lord, Lord. I don't know what you're going to do with this person. I know you can use anybody, but. This, this one's really going to take a miracle, Lord. I mean, there are miracles, and then there are miracles. 
And Lord, this one. <laughs> All right. Man, I'm never going to finish this message. Listen, get around people that will stir your faith, that will speak the word. And don't be offended. Don't be offended when the word hurts. The only way, listen, a faith that is not tested doesn't grow either. Sometimes it's tested by our brothers and sisters. Man, why are you doubting? Like, why? You believe God for a building? Yeah, I'm believing with you. All right. I just don't know if we're going to have one. Well, you said, God said. They're just always, they don't understand. Next is this, be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God. So God has not given us the Spirit of fear, right? He gave us the Holy Spirit. What does the Spirit do? The Spirit of God identifies us as God's. We belong to him. It's a seal of ownership, 2 Corinthians 1.22. Romans 8, popular, for rightful reasons. So you do not receive a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit. You didn't receive a spirit of fear. You received his spirit, a spirit of victory, a spirit of overcoming. When, you had, when he adopted you as his own children, now we call him Abba Father. You've got a really good Papa in heaven who takes really good care of his kids. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it reminds you of the Father. And Jude tells us this, to build up our faith, we must pray in the Holy Ghost. It's the old, old translation say that. So if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, I'll just get to give you all of our cards. We speak in tongues here because it's in the Bible. We don't just speak in tongues, we pray in tongues. That's how we build our faith, by praying in the Holy Ghost. Because he, he can pray for things that I don't even know what I'm praying for. And the fourth is this, and this, this is it, and we're closing. Rest with the yielded spirit. See, faith is really just a transfer of trust. So when I came to the Lord mowing the lawn that day, I said, Lord, I can't do it. And he's like, I know. Finally, you're trusting me. What did I do in that moment? I transferred my trust. See, faith isn't attained by force, but surrender. And a lot of people start in faith and they end in force. God, how many know that God isn't looking for strength? He's looking for surrender. Lord, give me strength. He don't want to give you strength. He wants to be your strength. Some of you are like, God, just make me strong. He don't want to make you strong. He wants, he wants to be your strength. And that happens by surrender. That happens by yielding. Faith doesn't come out of determination. It comes out of surrender. See, the hardest thing about following Jesus is this, denying ourselves. And it's right at the beginning. Deny yourself and follow me. Uh, but what about my hopes and dreams? And our culture is preaching to us, telling us to, to, to be our best and believe in anything is possible. All these self, the self-centered kind. Be independent. This is what the culture teaches us. This is the goal of every human. I want to be independent. I want to be debt-free. I want to be, I want to, I want to lose weight. Why well, so I going to be independent? So I'm going to live the life that I want to live. Some of those things are great. 
But if we're independent of the Lord, we've made a mistake. See, independence is the opposite of trust. I'm not, I'm not dependent upon my spouse. That's why you have a terrible marriage. You depend on your spouse for your happiness? I had a guy ask me yesterday, or yesterday the day before. I don't remember what it was, someday this week. They all kind of run together. He's, I said, yeah, my wife and I are about to celebrate 18 years. He's like, he's like, what's the secret? What's, what's the secret? Yeah, all this. And I was like, oh man. I was like, so, so if you want to be happy in marriage, you don't focus on your own happiness. You focus on the other person. Because it's not about me. It's about her. Mm, come on, baby. It's all about you. How you doing? Down for a while. See you. And this is where prayer and fasting comes out. It's where it comes in, comes in and out. Right? Prayer and fasting, because prayer and fasting is depending upon the Lord. It's depending on Him for our faith, it's depending on Him for our strength. Independence is, the, is opposed to trust. This is why God opposes the proud. Because proud people are independent people. I don't need God. I don't need you. I can do this on my own. Listen, let me give you a word of advice. If you want, if you want to have be full of faith, don't trust yourself. Just trust yourself. Just be you. Be independent. Be all that you can be. I've learned that Josh Brown doesn't do a very good job of running his life. There's this scripture, and I want, I want you to stand and, and have this moment with me. And it's Psalms 4610. It's one of my favorite verses. And, and I'll, I want you to practice in a moment right now what you're going to live out in your lifestyle, that you do this every day. It says this, to be still and know that I am God. What does that mean? That means just to rest. We had like this crazy day. Yesterday, we're running around all day. It's awesome. It was, it was a really great, great day. And I, and I laid down in bed and I was just like, I took a breath, like I felt like for the first time all day. And I was just like, Lord. And we were going, and I was just like laying there and I was just, ah. Uh, just felt the joy of the Lord because I was just resting in him. Be still and know that I am God. Just give in to the moments that he's wooing you. Just be still. Just close your eyes. Listen, being is where believing happens. Being in his presence is where believing happens. Being in him, being still, trust, rest. Believing is the beginning of belonging. Belonging is the beginning of behaving. You learn to rest in the Lord. Just right now as you're doing in this moment, just rest, just kind of unload. Some of you just breathe. He's worthy of your trust. Listen, he has got you. 
cast your burdens. This is what Jesus says, cast your burdens on me. Cast your cares on me. I care for you. Come on, will you just unload on him for a moment? Just transfer the trust of that thing that you've been troubled about. The thing that you've been discouraged about. The thing that you've lost hope about. Would you just be in him? sense that release, just how free your spirit feels right now in that moment of just surrender. Oh, it's so good. So tomorrow when you wake up, before you get out of bed, before you check your phone, just be in him, Lord. I yield myself to you. Lift your hands as a, as a sign of surrender. <sighs> Let all striving cease as you trust him. Lord, I trust you for my salvation. I trust you for my livelihood. Lord, help. Help. 